We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. This is the Sooner Sports Podcast. Your all-access pass to Sooner Sports. The Sooner Sports Podcast is presented by Allstate. Are you in good hands? And by Riverwind Resort. Riverwind Resort, the place to be. Oh, mama! What a play! Now, here's your host, Chris Plank. Bolden hopping around like a grasshopper, gives it back to Carter. Carter drives, gets deep, three defenders there. Can he block it? Brady ahead to Trey. Breakaway to the rim. Reverse layup is good! High off the backboard! How did that go in, and why was there no foul? He's got 30, and that was absurd! (laughs) I've never seen the ball sit up on top of the backboard, on the metal, spin around three times, and fall in. Well, we, uh, I guess full disclosure here, usually when we tape the Sooner Sports Podcast, Toby and I get a chance to do it, say, after we've had a show on a Monday morning and, and kind of get a chance to gather our thoughts. But I honestly think, Toby, this is a first, a late night pod that's dropping while Toby travels back to Piedmont. And it's kind of like knee-jerk reaction, if you will. Great call tonight. It was so fun listening to you and Kevin Henry. I had uh, the radio on while watching the women's game. Then I came out and uh, watched the second half as well, too. It was uh, gut-wrenching, heartbreaking. But, again, this team has a lot of fight in them, don't they? Uh, yeah, it's a good game. It was a uh, podcast after dark uh, <laughs> a little bit tonight. So. Um, yeah, interesting game, really. I, I'm trying to kind of uh, – digest it myself because it was 50 to 40 at halftime and uh, both teams were shooting over 50 percent from the field and over 50 percent from three-point range and Oklahoma did not play very good defense at all and you know Lamont West uh, was unconscious there for a while he made five straight threes none of the five even hit the rim so it's 50 to 40 at halftime and then the second half the 
first uh, media timeout, there had been 18 combined shots taken and one make. And uh, I think both defenses were better, I think, in the second half. Uh, I know both offenses weren't as good. But uh, OU was able to close the gap and uh, uh, got within, obviously, uh, one there at the end and within two on the final possession, but uh, couldn't get the shot to go to send it to overtime. So a home loss uh, stings. You know, it's been a rough three days. Yeah. Um, It was uh, a game in Austin that it looked like for most of the night Oklahoma was going to win and it gets away, and then you come home and lose one at home, and all of a sudden you're looking at a stretch now where you have lost five out of seven. Wow. And you've got two straight road games in front of you. Uh, the first at a place you haven't won in the Lon Kruger era, and the second at Texas Tech, who's tied for first place in the conference right now. So um, this was a tough one. This, this one uh, – hurt I think it probably probably cost them a shot at the Big 12 title um we'll see I suppose they could run the table and probably still get at least a share of it but uh short of that I'm not sure it's possible at this point um you never know but probably falling two games back with seven to go is it's going to be really really tough now so I think the most important thing is just to gather yourself and play better basketball so that when March rolls around, you've got the best seed possible and you're playing your best basketball that time of year. Final score tonight, or, or as you hear this, last night was 75-73. So many things to get to, and, and I think we only got about 10 minutes left in Toby's drive, so here we go. Uh, you mentioned tale of two halves, almost two different games, 90 combined points between the two teams in the first half. 58 combined points between the two teams in the second half. You asked Kevin Henry, I thought, a really good question that a lot of Sooner fans are going to try to answer themselves over the next couple of days now that you have some time off before your next day uh, game. And that was that was the panic meter, the concern meter. And I'm not trying to pacify anyone here, but I'm kind of on Team Henry with this one, Toby, where I'm not overly concerned. I know you have one of the best, if not the best, player in college basketball right now. I like the pieces around him. You know, if if it is a bug that's kind of hit this team a little bit, and, and Trey Young said even whenever he was talking to Kevin in the post-game show that he wasn't 100%. I know there's two tough road trips to Lubbock. I, well, three. I, Ames is never easy, as you mentioned. Uh, and then, of course, man, uh, Lawrence is still looming. But I still feel really good about this team's potential to get hot. You know, for those that don't know, Toby, this is about the fourth different radio slash, I guess, talking event you've had today because you had your own radio show. Then you helped out Ted on his afternoon show, and then you had a broadcast to call. And now you, now we're sitting here podcasting until almost midnight. But you have made one point rather clear, and that's this is a team when they hit their threes, they can beat anyone in the country. And unfortunately, the last couple of games, there's been a lull when it comes to hitting their shots, and I just I think it's a funk they're eventually going to break out of. Yeah, you know, I agree with you. I, I guess the, the two things that, um, that I'm bummed about right now, one is not having a chance to – I think they're probably not going to win the Big 12. Yeah. I agree. And I think this, this is a year that, going into it, I thought they had a shot uh, 
and again, maybe they will. Maybe they'll rip off seven straight here and still do it. But I thought this was the year they had a shot to uh, take it away from Kansas. So I'm, I'm bummed about that. The other thing that I think is hot, is starting to get higher on the worry meter is location of your first and second round games of the NCAA tournament. Good point. Uh, there's a regional in Dallas and a regional in Wichita, and it has seemed like all year a virtual lock that Oklahoma would play in one of those two. But if they slip beyond a four seed here, then suddenly it becomes unlikely, actually. And uh, so they need a strong close to the year for them to play close to uh, where Sooner fans can can uh, go help them out, which I think would be a, a big help. Um, as for just kind of concern about how the team's playing, I'm, my panic meter's pretty low. I think that you've got a true freshman, and well, two of them. One of them's got the ball in his hands all the time, and, and another one's playing significant minutes. And the course of this season is in large part for them to see and experience everything they possibly can. Every defense an opponent can throw at them, <laughs> every good night, every bad night, every uh, late game shots that go in and late game fouls that aren't called, everything. So that by the time March rolls around, you are toughened and hardened and experienced and ready to um, – you know, lead this team to uh, hopefully some Big 12 tournament and NCAA tournament wins. I believe that when Oklahoma makes shots, they can beat any team in the country. I still, I believe that, even though they've lost five out of seven. I've seen them beat Kansas. I've seen them beat Wichita State at their place. Um, This is a really good basketball team with probably the best player in the country. Um, But they're not dominant. And they're not good enough that when they have off nights, they can just roll the ball out and win. Certainly not this conference, certainly not in March with the caliber of teams they're going to play. So I, I hope that they can close with some momentum over these last seven games, carry that into the Big 12 tournament, have a good Big 12 tournament, and carry that into March. All of that is still possible. I fully know how this works. Uh, the bandwagon about six weeks ago was very crowded. <laughs> and I, I know when I wake up tomorrow morning, I'm going to be able to stretch my legs out and relax because the sooner bandwagon is suddenly going to become sparse. <laughs> I'm talking about, I'm, ta- I'm not talking about sooner fans. I'm talking about, you know, the national pundits and talk radio hosts and everybody that's more than eager to heap negativity on them. So now, you assume that underdog role again, kind of that role that you had at the beginning of the season when you were trying to prove to everybody that you were a good team. Um, And hopefully they'll wear that and go beat Iowa State and Ames, and it'll start a win streak here at the end of the year. I think the one thing that I've really loved about this season is the LNC being alive. And it, it was a rough year last year, but Toby... During Buddy, Isaiah's, and Ryan's senior season, that place got hopping. But it, it just goes to show you how much of a difference maker the fans can be. I mean, that was a game tonight where you could have easily tapped out at half. I mean, the Sooners just did. And then 
whenever you had an opportunity to make the run to start the second half and it just wasn't happening. You had some uh, heartbreaking dunks, some uh, really gut-wrenching blocks at the rim. But, man, this crowd can be a sixth man, and they've shown it time after time again. And I just I, – that, that atmosphere was something else tonight. Yeah, it's been a fun year. It, it, fans, it, I think that uh, they figured out early on that uh, they had something special in this number 11 kid. And uh, and they were going to games, and they were telling friends and neighbors and watching them on TV, you got to go see this kid. He shoots it from – 30 feet, and uh, so they've, they've rolled out, and they've been great. I mean, there's, there's a reason that was OU's first home loss. Uh, there's a reason they had won 14 in a row at home and 11 in a row this year at home, because the Lloyd Double Center's been a tough place for opponents to come play. And, um, you know, hopefully it continues. To, I'm sure it will. I think every game the rest of the way is sold out, so um, hopefully it will continue to be a, a raucous atmosphere, and, and they'll be treated to a uh, late season win streak this um and we saw it buddy's senior year you're right and before that you know when blake had some great teams the lloyd noble center is a is a really cool environment when it's full and when it's rocking and uh, that student section is hopping and they're you know doing everything they do down there i love that place it's got some great memories for me back to my childhood coming to watch wayman tisdale in there so um yeah it's it's been a fun year in there Two quick uh, X and O thoughts, and I know you asked Lon Kruger about this, but was it more what West Virginia does or just an effort to rest Trey with basically Roe and Christian James and even at times Christian Doolittle taking care of bringing the ball up the court? Was that strategic against West Virginia or is that something we start seeing more? Uh, I think it was – yeah, I'm going to say yes to both those. I think it was definitely strategic against West Virginia because by the end of that game in Morgantown, Trey was absolutely worn slick. He was working to get the ball up the court all night. Carter was making it tough on him, and then he was trying to score and create once he got it up the court, and then he had to play defense on the other end. And so it was definitely an effort tonight to take a little bit of the workload off his plate. Somebody else brings it up, then they get it to Trey, and he still initiates the offense. Yeah. I thought it was a great. I thought it was a great idea. It it didn't hurt him much. It did late once. It was really costly when Christian got his pocket picked by Carter there at half court for a big two points. But for the most part, um, they handled it well. And I do think it's a possibility that that's something that you'll see on down the line. Not that anybody pressures as much as West Virginia does in this week. But you do see some pressure, and certainly if they get into the NCAA tournament and, high, and play a high-pressure team, it is a good way to preserve him. So, um, yeah, that might be uh, might be a, a, a you know a small nugget that you take out of this game. And listen, ba- basketball is about that. Basketball, Chris, you and I have talked about this uh, a lot. In football, one loss can doom your season yeah. sometimes. And in basketball, they're all important because you're you're keeping you know you got seedings and you got conference races. And please don't get me wrong that this isn't a crushing loss tonight. But sometimes you pick up things as you go along in victory and in defeat. That if you go to school on it, can help you out on down the line, and you could be 
post-game interview after the after his second-round win in the NCAA tournament and say, why did you win tonight? And Trey Young says, uh, I look back to that foul I didn't commit against Oklahoma State, yep. and I learned from it, and tonight with a three-point lead, I did better, and I took care of it. Or they play a, a team that presses them in the NCAA tournament, and they've learned how to better preserve Trey so that he makes a late three where otherwise he might have been short because his legs were tired. So it's all a fact-finding mission. It's a 30-game fact-finding mission, and you try to win all 30. But in the end, you you got to be playing your best basketball at the end because all that matters is that 68-team tournament. That's all that matters. And um, you got to get in it, and I think they're in great shape to get in it, and you get hopefully they'll play well down the stretch so they have some momentum. Okay, you talked to Rashard Odoms afterwards. I love what he's doing. If you're a Sooner fan, you have to love what he's doing. He's going to kick himself for that bunny at the rim, but I still think that uh, I still think that maybe it was it, it was touched a bit to kind of affect that last shot. But uh, Toby Brady Mannix, a freshman, so you're going to ride that roller coaster with him. A tough night, four of eleven. Um, but what, where does Cam Augusty fit going forward? I mean, this was one of the guys last year, and we had a lot of hope for him this season, but. It uh, tonight he only played six minutes. I was trying to quickly look here. What is? I mean, he only played thirteen against Texas after playing thirty-one, and you know, not necessarily having a big scory game, but being very involved against Baylor. Where's his fit? You think the rest of the way? That's a great question. Um, he is the he's the puzzle, I think, of this team. I, I don't want to use the word. I don't use the word disappointment because he, you know, right. could still end up being a hero for them on down the line. He's had some moments, like the twenty-two. He had twenty-two against TCU and hit huge shots late in Fort Worth to help them win that game. But he's been a relative non-factor for the last ten games or so. I think this is the ninth straight game now that he scored five points or less. Part of it is. He's a victim of Rashard Odom's sur- resur- you know, surging here. Yeah. Rowe is playing so well, and he's so valuable on the defensive end that you're having a hard time taking him off the court. Um, you're having a hard time taking Christian James off the court when he's shooting it well. You've added Christian Doolittle, another body, to kind of split some time. And so the minutes just are there. And I think Cam feels that when he comes in, he knows he's got a score to get to get to play anymore. And he's pressing. He's aiming a shot. He's one of his last 12 from three-point range. And he just, he's not getting any rhythm because he's not getting enough playing time to get any rhythm. And you can't get him any playing time because you can't, you know, the guys in front of him are playing better. And so it's a conundrum. Uh, I'm sure that he's, you know, he's a great team player. I mean, every time you talk to Cam, you know, you watch after these exciting wins and he's the first one up the tunnel grinning from ear to ear and slapping high fives <laughs> everybody. He's a great kid and he's handling it well. I'm sure he's disappointed that he's not a bigger part of what's going on right now. And I, I hope he will be. I don't know that I have the answer 
other than he's just got to keep after it. Hopefully he knocks down an early shot in the game and it opens a floodgate. And all of a sudden he has a night where he plays 25 or 30 minutes and scores 20 points and hits a game winner or whatever the case may be. But at least it's not a situation where you're getting nothing from your starters and you're asking Cam to contribute and he's not. One of the biggest reasons he's not getting any more playing time is because Rashard Odoms is playing the best basketball of his career. Yep. And, uh, you know, the three games before tonight, he had 15, 18, and 15. He's scoring. He's playing great defense. He's an energy guy. He's a hustle guy. He's rebounding. He's a great teammate. He runs the floor. Um, he's coming on strong. And in the in the last third of the season, he's coming on strong, and that's a great sign. And put me in that group. That whenever something goes wrong, like you mentioned, was it five of seven here? You suddenly look and you go, "Well, why isn't this guy playing? He could be a big difference maker." But then you realize one of the guys who stepped up and has been a big difference maker is playing that same position right now. All right, hey Toby, I appreciate you. I know it's rough after a loss, but a great job on the broadcast, and we'll catch up with you next week. Hopefully, not this late. All right, thanks, Blank. Have a good one. All right, see you, Toby. Thanks, buddy. You know, you heard Toby mention Richard Odoms, and he had one of the plays of the night. Bolden dribbles to the corner, baseline cut off, step back, fade away in the air, no good, rebound on the floor. Christian James has it on the run. Lob ahead to Odoms. Odoms jump stop layup, good! It's a one-point game! But it wasn't to be for the Oklahoma Sooners as they lose an absolute heartbreaker. Final score... In the LNC, Oklahoma falls by just two, 75-73. And you heard from Toby, it doesn't get any easier. You get a little time off, but Saturday in Ames before you make that road trip to Lubbock. In the disappointment for the Sooners in their loss to West Virginia, let's not lose track of what happened down in Waco tonight as well where the Sooner women almost pulled it off. They scratched, they clawed, they they were able to handle every single body blow from the Baylor Bears and had a shot late but just couldn't, just couldn't cash in as they fell to Baylor 74-65. to A pretty big night despite battling foul trouble for VV Pierre-Louis. She had four fouls in the fourth quarter. Uh, but finished with 19 points. Shayna Pellington had five assists, and uh, Maddie had a nice night on the boards as well, too. Gabby Ortiz didn't have a three-pointer in the first half, but she came on in the second half and was just huge for Oklahoma beyond the three-point line. Let's see, she finished with 14 points and was four of eight from beyond the three-point line, and I don't know if all 14 came in the second half, but at least 12 of those 14 did. I mentioned Pellington with her five assists, 14 points for the five Sooner starters in double figures, and they almost pulled it off. Baylor falls. Uh, Baylor improves to 12 and 0 in conference play. They're 22 and 1 overall. And uh, and and listen, you're not. No one's into the moral victory game, but you got the sense watching tonight that this uh, women's basketball team had really hit on something. So hopefully the uh, Hopefully the win column will swing in their favor over the next few weeks and the Sooners can consistently put themselves in position to end up playing in the postseason. Well, that wraps it up. Uh, and, again, 
thanks to Toby Rowland, as we tape this, as we wrap up just uh, our interview, I wanted to wait until after Big Monday. I wanted to wait until after the game. Typically, when we tape our game plan edition of the tailgate uh, of the podcast, we do it around noon on Monday. So we've had a chance to both do our radio shows, put together some notes. This was just pure knee-jerk, pure heart, pure adrenaline after a really tough night for OU Hoops. The men's loss at home to West Virginia, that just hard-fought, gut-wrenching loss for the women down in Waco, 74-65. to Hey, uh, I can't promote some fun things coming up this week on the Sooner Sports Podcast. On Wednesday's edition of Jess and Meg, they'll sit down with K.J. Kindler, and Maggie Nichols. So that'll be fun. That drops on Wednesday. Our Oklahoma Farm Bureau Sooner Born, Sooner Bred focus is on the Sooner softball team. And Kelsey Arnold will be our guest on Thursday. And then on Friday, Patty Gasso. In fact, we're scheduled, and I don't know if it's, it's kind of a unique travel day for softball on Thursday, but uh, we get there early, and we're scheduled to sit down as soon as we arrive in Phoenix and spend a good 15, 20, maybe 30 minutes with Coach Gasso on the tailgate coming up on Friday. Hey, until then, everyone have a great week. Sooner basketball, tough one tonight. They'll bounce back. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at OU on the air. Thanks to our wonderful sponsors, Allstate and the Riverwind Resort. And thanks to you for downloading, listening, subscribing, and sharing the Sooner Sports Podcast. Until Wednesday. Jess and Meg, it's Chris Plank for Toby Rowland. Boomer Sooner, everybody. This has been the Sooner Sports Podcast. Make sure to get all the latest episodes online right now at Soonersports.tv slash podcast. And make sure to follow us on Twitter at OU on the air. 